Hello, and welcome to the teaching ministry of Impact Family Church. For more information, including service times and directions, or to find out more about us, you can visit our website at www.impactfamilychurch.com. We trust you'll be blessed by today's message. The last several weeks, uh, uh, up until this last Wednesday night in youth, uh, we've been talking on the subject of words uh, uh, next door, and so we finished that up. We moved on to something else, but uh, I kind of want to look at a few things. Maybe this will be a, a follow-up message for the uh, teenagers who've been there, uh, but also a good reminder for all of us. And uh, I can't go into everything we talked about next door. You should have been there. Now you are here, so this is where you're supposed to have been, but... Uh, uh, we talked a lot about words. Let's read a few scriptures. I kind of want to just go through some of these things. Uh, Proverbs 10, uh, 11, you don't need to turn there. It says, the mouth of the righteous is a well of life. Proverbs 12, 6 says, the mouth of the upright will deliver them. Notice it doesn't say other, somebody, something else will deliver you. The mouth of the upright will deliver them. Verse 12 in the 14th verse says, to be satisfied with good by the fruit of his mouth. The 18th verse says, the tongue of the wise promotes health. Thirteenth chapter, a man shall eat well by the fruit of his mouth. The fifteenth chapter in the fourth verse, a wholesome tongue is a tree of life. Fifteenth chapter and twenty-third verse says, a man has joy by the answer of his mouth. The sixteenth chapter, twenty-fourth verse says, pleasant words are health to the bones. How many know our words are very, very, very important? One of the scriptures we read next door was in Proverbs 18. You can turn there and look at it, Proverbs chapter 18. Thank God for the Word of God. I tell you what, they are life to us. Amen? But it says in Proverbs chapter 18, in the 20th verse, it says, A man's stomach shall be filled or satisfied from the fruit of his mouth. From the produce of his lips he shall be filled. From the produce of his lips he shall be filled. Verse 21, Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it will eat its fruit. I'd say when you, when, you, when you talk about this, when you read these scriptures, it really puts an importance on how, or, or sheds light, rather, on how important our words are. Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it will eat its fruits. We know in Mark chapter 11, the 23rd verse, you can turn there. Scripture we know around here very, very well. Thank God for it. Mark eleven twenty three says, For assuredly, this was Jesus speaking here. He said, there's no room for doubt, no room for question, no need to think something else. He said, for assuredly, I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things he says will be done, he'll have whatever he says. Isn't that an awesome promise? That's the words of our master right there. That's the very words of Jesus Whatever things you say, right? For as surely whoever says this mountain be cast in the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believes those things he says will be done, he'll have whatever he says. Our words are so very, very important. Of course, we know in uh, Hebrews chapter 11, like I said, that we can't go into all the things to talk about next door because we've got something else to get to. But in Hebrews 11 says, we under, by faith, we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God. And uh, words are creative. Words have power behind them. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. And God said, spoke, let there be light. All the things he said, let there be, let there be. And there was. Go back in Genesis and read it. It's awesome. 
And he got to us, you know, we were a little different. He formed us out of the dust, out of the ground, but then he breathed the breath of life into us. Aren't you glad we're different? Amen. We're not just a spoken in thing, which that'd be good if God spoke it. That's good. But we get to be the one that he formed and then he breathed his own breath of life into us. Woo. Praise God. We are an elite creature in the universe. Amen. But he said, let there be. And of course there was, there was the big bang theory. You know, it's not a theory. He said it there. It was right. He spoke it into existence. Well, the worlds were framed by the word of God. We also know that the worlds are upheld by his word. They're held together by the word of God. Well, if we were made in his image and in his likeness, first Genesis one twenty six. if we were made like him, that means if he creates with his words, we create with our words. If he speaks things and they come to be, then, and he has done that, then we speak things and they, and they come to be. If he upholds things by his words, then we uphold things by our words. Amen. We can say we uphold and we also can tear down things by our words, right? And so our words are, are very, 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 very important. Thank God we've got the ability to choose what we say. Thank God we've got the ability to, to, to monitor this thing right here and to watch this thing. But, you know, you've got to be careful and active to watch what's coming out. You know, the course of this world, they just say whatever. The, the world system just says whatever. And if you notice, conversations are just, there's just all kinds of stuff being said all the time. And people are very loose with their lips. How many know that's the enemy's plan that for us just to say a bunch of stuff we ought not say? If we're made in his image and his likeness, God is careful with his words. We need to be careful with our words. We were in the car this week, and uh, I said this to the youth, you know, what, what was that song that we were on, th- on Thursday? Yeah, there's a, what, who, do you know who did that song? It's an old song. If you don't know me by now, what is it? Who did that? If you don't know me by now. Y'all know the song? You will never, ever know me. You'll never. Aren't you glad that God doesn't say that about us? Oh, Lord, we'd be in a mess. We were, we were talking about, you know, coming up with all the songs, right, that, that you never want God to say about you, you know. Because we know when God says something, it happens. But how often do we just say things and we're not careful? We just put it out there and we think, oh, it's no big deal. No, our words are creative. Our words produce. Our words tear down. Our, our words are, are such vital things, Right? And so we want God to be careful with the things that he says. And God does watch over his words. He, he's very careful of these things. We also need to be that way. But the system of this world is very reactive, very reactive to things and just say stuff, how they feel, what it looks like. We need to be creative with our words. The difference of that C makes all the difference. Reactive and creative, same letters, but you put the C, move it from the middle and put it to the beginning. That's where, that's how we've been called to live. We're not reactive beings. We're creative beings. Brother Hagen had made this statement years ago. He had said this, um, let me find it somewhere. I have it here. He said, if you're not satisfied with what you have in life, then change what you're saying. You have created what you have in your life with your own words. If you're not satisfied with what you have in life, then change what you're saying. Because you have created what you have in your life with your words. Well, if you're not satisfied, just change what you're saying. Begin to change the things that you're saying. And so I want to talk a little bit tonight about our words, about confession, about the things that we say. Go with me over to uh, Hebrews, the third chapter. Hebrews, actually, we'll go to Hebrews chapter 11. We'll look at several places here in the book of Hebrews. And uh, I tell you, our words are such important things in our life. And, and it's one of the things we have to continually watch over. 
Because if we can watch our lips, if we can watch the things that come out of our mouth, we can, we can control everything in our life. We can control the course of our life. We can course, control the course of our bodies. We can control everything in our life by, by this right here. Amen? But if we're not careful with it, 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 it messes up our faith. It messes up our, uh, uh, messes up our walk with God. Amen? You ever look, read the book of James? He talks a lot about your words. It's an important thing. But here in Hebrews chapter 11, 3... Uh, oh, that's the scripture I already quoted that scripture, didn't I? Yeah, Hebrews chapter 3. Hebrews chapter 3. Hebrews the third chapter. It says, therefore, first verse, therefore, holy brethren, partakers of the heavenly calling, consider the apostle and high priest of our confession, Jesus Christ. And of course, when you read that, a lot of people think about sin. We hear the word confession. The pastor's talked about this a lot in the past. Talking about uh, confession, they think that that's the confession of sin. Thank God we can confess our sins. First John one nine right says if we'll confess our sin, he's what he's faithful and just to forgive us right and to what cleanse us from most of our unright. No, it says to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Hebrews forty three says our sins he won't remember anymore. Uh, uh, so the scripture says that. Uh, Consider the apostle and high calling of our confession, Jesus Christ. Can't be talking about confession of sins because you confess that one time and that's over with. But this is a continual a confession of faith that it's talking about. It's the words that are coming out of our mouth, the things that we choose to see to say. Confession has a three-part meaning. It's affirming something you believe. Got this from pastor, affirming something that you believe, testifying to something that you know, witnessing to a truth that you have embraced. Our confession, the things that we're saying with our mouth, our confession of faith has such importance to it and it's something we need to maintain and be careful about, right? And be insistent upon or be careful about. You're there in the third chapter, go to the fourth chapter in, the, in Hebrews chapter four, verse 14. It says, see then that we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavenlies, Jesus, the son of God. What? Let us hold fast our confession. Let us hold fast our confession. I mean, what does it mean? Let our words stay true. Let us hold fast to the right things coming out of our mouth. Those creative uh, things that we release, let us hold fast our confession, the confession of faith. And then you have in the, the uh, 15th verse in the fourth chapter 15, it says, for we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses, but was in all points tempted like we are yet without sin. Therefore, let us boldly come to the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of needs. These verses are placed together. And notice we're supposed to go to God. Has anybody ever needed mercy before? If your hand isn't up, you need mercy right now, right? I mean, we all need mercy, right? Mercy, we need those things. And then what? Grace to help. Anybody ever needed grace to help? Who's needing any grace to help? I'm needing more grace to help. Well, how do we do that? How do we obtain the mercy that we need and the grace that we need? Those verses are tied together. It begins with, it starts with here, that we hold fast to our confession. Our confession of faith, we hold fast to the things that we believe, the things that we say we're holding fast. That way we can then boldly come before the throne of grace to find mercy and to obtain help. It's, it's all tied together. You can't talk doubt and defeat and get mercy. You can't talk failure and weakness and obtain grace in your life. God has called us to live above every need, every situation, to live a life where we're accessing mercy when we need it, but we're using the grace of God to overcome things. That's, what, that's the life we've been called to. Well, our words have got to match that, and we have to hold fast to that confession. 
When you have to hold fast to something, that means you got to lay hold of it and not let it go. That mean, and, and I don't have to hold fast to things that aren't being, that others aren't trying to pull out of my hands. Your confession, the world system that we live in is always trying to pull this confession of faith out of us and out of our mouth and want us to fall in line with what they're saying. We've got to hold fast to these things, right? That's how we obtain mercy. That's how we find help or we find grace to help in time of need. Uh, you're there in the, uh, in, the, in the fourth chapter. Go over to the 10th chapter. Hebrews chapter 10. Great verses here, Hebrews, the 10th chapter. In the 19th verse, Therefore, brethren, having boldness to enter uh, the holiest by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way, which he consecrated for us through, through the veil, that is his flesh, and having a high priest over the house of God, let us draw near with a true heart and full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water, let us hold fast the confession of our hope. How? Without wavering. It means without any kind of other things being said. Other, no other kind of confession. Not a confession of doubt, but a confession of hope, right? Without wavering, for he who promised is faithful. And this is something that I know is a, is a, is a standard of what we believe and things we've been taught, but pastors have been talking about things that are good reminders. I hope he's not looking to talk about this in his series, and if it is, it'll, it'll be great. But anyway, hopefully he won't get into that, but uh, uh, well, maybe he will. But anyway, uh, I want to talk about this now, the confession that we have and things that we ought to be confessing in our life. Because if we're not intentional about these things, if we're not purposeful, we'll let areas slip where we need to be speaking, confessing our hope, the, 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 what hope we have, confessing our faith over, right? We'll miss areas that we need to be confessing God's word in. And if you're not speaking God's word, eventually something else is going to come out. Amen. If you're not speaking God's word in an area, something else will come out. We need to hold fast our confession of faith. Amen. So I want to look at some areas that, that uh, we want to look at. Go over to uh, Romans, the 10th chapter. And like I said, these are things we know, but things I believe we need to be reminded of and remind ourselves of. You know, in this series we were doing uh, on Wednesday nights next door, you know, it was something I believe the Lord led us to. We talked about it, and it stirred up in me just watching my words, watching not, not living a life as confession cop over somebody else, but as my own uh, my own words. Let me remember the, the, the video confession cop that was done. If you were here at the uh, Christmas show years ago. No, we're watching our own words, right? And it's really encouraged me to watch the things that I'm saying, watch the things that are coming out of my mouth. And not just that I'm say, not saying the wrong things, but I'm speaking God's word. That I'm l- releasing the right things. What do I want to have? What do I want to see? What does God's word promise me? How many know that we've not experienced everything that God's word has promised? I mean, we've not entered into everything. We've not seen everything. We've not seen it all. But we have to believe it. But then we've got to speak it as well. We've got to be saying these things over. So so in Romans chapter 10, these are things that we want to be saying over our lives and speaking over our lives. It says in Romans chapter 10 in the 8th verse, it says, But what does it say? The word is near you. In your mouth and in your heart, that is the word of faith which we preach, that if we confess with our mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that he raised him from the dead, you'll be saved. For the heart, for with the heart one believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. He's talking about our words. Confession is made unto salvation. Notice believing is not enough. You've got to do something with it. 
You can believe the promises of God all day long, but if you're not releasing them, the primary releasing of our faith is done with our mouth. The primary way we release these things is by what we say. And so when it comes to the very beginning here, our salvation is based upon uh, believing in our heart and confessing that Jesus is Lord. Believing is not enough. I'm reminded of the scripture uh, talking about the different, different religious leaders that they believed in him, but they would not confess him. They would not say it out of their mouth. They would not confess it. Why? They had the fear of the Jews. They were afraid of what people would think about him. Well, what a sad thing that they saw the master. They heard the truth. They were in the presence of the almighty and they even believed in him, but they wouldn't confess him out of fear of something else. Their fear of other people allowed it to change what came out of their mouth. Do you think those people got born again? Do you think those people based upon, of course, he hadn't been, hadn't been sacrificed yet. But do you, think that, do you think if they stayed in that position believing in him yet never confessed, and do you think they, they know salvation? No, because you have to believe in your heart and confess with your mouth. Now, it's interesting. I asked that, and... and do you think they were born again? And you could see some people are like, well, what does the Bible say? What does the scripture say? Believing is not enough. Believing is not enough. Action is going. What, what does the Bible say that faith without what works is dead? The demons believe, Right. Are, are they right with God? Are they born again? No, they believe they know more than we know. Their backsides are still hurting. They believe they know who he was. They know who he is, but that doesn't mean they're, that they're born again. They're saved. They're redeemed. Well, because they, there's no confession. There's no sacrifice made for them, but there's also not a, a confession as Jesus as Lord. So if it's this important in this very beginning thing, how many think it's important in our life? You know, Every time we pray here on a Sunday morning and we have somebody come up, you'll notice when, when pastors leading somebody in the sinner's prayer, people tend to, well, a lot of times we'll pray with them. You ever noticed that before? Do you pray with them when, when they come up? I certainly do every single time. Am I getting saved every single time? No. I am reaffirming my faith in the Lord Jesus, and I do it more than just when we have somebody come forward. I do it all the time. Why? Because it's a confession of my faith. It's something that I want to make very clear. I'm always wanting to put that on my lips. Jesus, I believe in you and you are the Lord of my life. I do it by how I live, but I also do it by the words out of my mouth. It's such an important thing. If you're not in the habit of confessing Jesus as Lord on a regular basis, I can tell you this, if you don't do it, other things are going to get your attention. I can tell you this, that the confession of our hope helps of our faith in the Lord Jesus helps us keep centered, helps us keep our attention where it needs to be, helps keep us from straying to the right or to the left or getting diverted by this or that. When you keep it on your mouth and in front of you, it helps keep you centered, right? It helps keep you steady, helps keep you right where you need to be, amen? So we're going to continue to confess Jesus as Lord over our lives, amen? You're there in Hebrews, in the, or rather in Romans in the 10th chapter. Go over to the 6th chapter, Romans chapter 6. I tell you, the book of Romans, Pastor said this last week or the week before, talking about the book of Romans. He got me stirred up. I went back and reading the book of Romans, and it's amazing. Did you say that in service? I think you did. Amazing, amazing book. And uh, reading here in, uh, in, in the sixth chapter of Romans, for time's sake, we're just going to read it. In the first verse, it says, what shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? What's our answer to that? 
Certainly not. No way, Jose. Not going to do it. How shall we, how shall we who died to sin live, all, live any longer in it? How many know that there, there, there is an issue, even amongst believers, of sin? But how many know it doesn't need to be that way? <laughs> how many know it doesn't need to be that way? And I'm not talking about just the big bad sins. You know, how many know on all of them, we, 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 can, eat, we can grow in these things and gain control of this stuff, right? We don't want to just live in sin and, and just keep going just, just because grace is there. No, we want to do that. Verse 3 says, Do you not know that as many of us who are baptized into Jesus Christ were baptized into his death? Therefore, we were buried with him through, the, through baptism into death, that just as Jesus was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in newness of life, walk these things out. For if we have been united together in the likeness of his death, certainly we also shall be in the likeness of his resurrection, knowing this, that our old man was crucified with him, that the body of sin might be done away with, that we should no longer be slaves to sin. Don't you like the sound of that, no longer being a slave to sin? He says, for he who has died, or who has died, has been freed from sin. I'm talking about things we confess, confession on our mouth on a regular basis. You know, there's not one single area that we stumble in, that people are tripped up in, one thing of addiction or one problem that comes up that, that you're not free from. If you were born again, if, you're, if you were buried and died with Christ and you've been raised with him and you are free from sin, you know, it would help people a lot in areas where we have, you know, sometimes there's things where just, just stuff that maybe we yielded to before, that we got into before. Maybe people are just not careful with things they say and they like to gossip or like to say this or like to do that. You can discipline that, th- those things and crucify those things and bring them into, into subjection by confessing out of your own mouth that you've been freed from, the, from sin. That scripture says, uh, in, for he who has died has been freed from sin. That's, those are powerful verses right here. Well, I, I just don't know if I'm ever going to get free of this. You've been freed from sin. You know, one thing I'll say this, when it comes to our words and the confession of our hope, we don't confess, like I said, what we see. We confess what we believe. And anything that doesn't line up with God's word, the answer starts by getting into his word, but changing, I know I've already said this probably, but changing this right here. There's not one single thing, if you've, been, if, you've been, if you've died with Christ and been raised with him, there's not one single thing that can hold you in bondage, certainly not sin. We all need to say that together. I'm free from sin. I'm free from sin. I'm not a slave of sin any longer. I'm a slave of righteousness. I'm not a slave to sin. I'm a slave to righteousness. Now, if you get this in you, it'll change you. It'll begin to affect your outlook on things. Areas where you think, man, I've just been such a failure and I've gone. Yeah, you need to forget the past. Ask God to forgive you. But get in the light of God's word in your heart and out of your mouth that you're free. It'll change you. You've been set free from sin. Sin has no hold over me. He goes to say, for we have died with Christ. We believe that we shall also live with him, knowing that Christ, having been raised from the dead, dies no more. The death no longer has dominion over him. Praise God, if death, if death has no dominion over him, death got no dominion over me. Amen. For the death that he died, he died to sin once and for all. In the life that he lives, he lives to God. Likewise, you also reckon or consider yourselves 
to be dead indeed to sin, but alive to God, or alive to God in Christ Jesus our Lord. I'm going to drop on down the 14th verse. For sin shall not have dominion over you, for you are not under the law, but under grace. Grace means the ability to overcome. Amen. I tell you what, that's something that ought to be a confession on our lips. No matter what the culture looks like, no matter what the pressure is, I'm free from sin. I'm free from the wrong things. I'm free from it, and I'm under the law of righteousness. I don't know about you, but that excites me. That, well, it's just getting so dark. It's getting so dark out there. It may be getting dark, but it's not getting dark on me. We got we to watch those things. Oh, I just, you know, I just deal with, no, you don't. You're, you're not under, you're, un, you're not under sin. You're living in the time of grace, God's ability. Amen. You're, you're dead to sin and alive unto righteousness. Amen. John chapter 10, John, the 10th chapter. I love these verses. I love these verses. John chapter 10, verse 27, it says, My sheep hear my voice. I know them, and they follow me. My sheep hear my voice. I know them, and they follow me. Another thing we ought to be confessing is we see him, we know him, we hear him. Do you know, as a believer, as a child of God, is the easiest thing in the world to know him, to see him, to hear him. It's, the e- it's not just reserved for your pastors. It's for you. If you're a sheep, you know his voice. And I say this because over the years, we've run into so many people who just, they just don't know. I just don't know. You know, I, how do I know God's talking to me? Well, we know if it's right here, we know, right? But in every area of life, we can always know the will of God. We can always know exactly what he's wanting us to do. We can hear him in every situation of life. Guys, that's good news. Do you know how many people who are, who are, who are child of, children of God, born again believers, but don't know what Jesus said, that they know him, they, that they hear him? That my sheep know me. They know my voice. Thank God we know this, but we need to be reminding ourselves of it. In the midst of every situation, I always know what to do. And no matter what's going on, I always know what to do. And no matter what economy, I know what to do. Why? Because I know his voice. If he bears witness with me, then I'm a son of God. He'll bear witness with me in every single area. He'll lead me and guide me. And no matter, and every single affair of life, he'll always lead me and guide me. Why? Because I know his voice. And early says, the voice of another, a stranger, I won't follow. I don't know that voice. I ain't following that voice. But his voice I know. You know him. You know him. Now, I know these are simple things, but when they get real to you, they'll, they'll begin to excite you and change how you do things, how you look at things, how you approach things. Everybody say, I know his voice. I know his voice. And you might say, well, what does it sound like? It's not, an, it's not necessarily, it could be. It's not necessarily an audible thing, but you know his voice. You know his leading. You know how he leads, guides, and directs. Woo, thank God for that. I tell you, in the day and age we're living right now, we need, we need to be telling ourselves and speaking the truth over ourselves that we recognize his voice in every situation. Woo, praise God. I don't know what to do with my kids. Yes, you do. I don't know what to do with my job. Yes, I do. 
I people say, I don't know what's going to happen. I may not know the details, but I know the one who does, and he will lead me all the way through it. Why? Because I know his voice. God doesn't have to scream at me to get my attention. I know his voice. I know his voice. I always think about, you know, I'm up here at the office. I know the sound of Amy's car when she pulls up. I can tell the sound of her car over somebody else's car when they pull up. I know the sound of my dad's truck when he drives by. I know the sound of it. I don't even have to see. Oh, there goes dad. I can't really, I don't really recognize moms because she's going a little faster. And the, you know, I hear the sound like moments later, you know, it's just all I hear is vroom. But anyway, but I know the sound of my dad's truck. I know the sound of, I definitely know the sound of Steve's truck. If I can know the sound of a vehicle, I can know the sound of my heavenly father, right? I can know this. I can know the voice of the one who's alive on the inside of me. I can know. Well, you're a, that's because you're went to Bible school. It has nothing to do with it. Jesus said, my sheep know my voice. I encourage if you're, if you struggled in these areas, if your confidence isn't where it needs to be, if you wonder all the time that there's thoughts, I just don't, you need to get rid of that and start confessing the word. I know his voice. Woo, praise God. I tell you, God's always talking. He's always, he's always got something to say. It may not be a lot of words sometimes, but they're the right words at the right time, exactly what you need to know and you need to hear. I tell you, he will get it to you. But you got to get to the place where you believe it and you start confessing it. I recognize his voice. We see him, we know him, amen? Go to Proverbs chapter two. Praise God, I know his voice. Hallelujah. I I can just camp on that one all day right there. I know the voice of my father. He communicates easily with me. Anytime I need to know something, he always gets it. What are you doing, Pastor Greg? I'm just, I'm just making my confession right now. In every area of life, I know, I know his will. I hear his voice. Amen. Proverbs chapter two, verse six says, for the, for the Lord gives wisdom from his mouth come knowledge and understanding. He stores a w- sound wisdom for the upright. He is a shield to those who walk uprightly. For the Lord gives wisdom from his mouth comes knowledge and understanding. He stores up sound wisdom for the upright, his shield. Uh, he is a shield to those who walk uprightly. This is a part connected to, I guess, hearing his voice, is he gives us wisdom. We have the wisdom of God. You know, the wisdom of God is something that, that people don't really appreciate. You know, people always wanting to know, you know, who's got this to say, who's got that to say. We've got the very wisdom of God. Go with me to, to uh, uh, 1 Corinthians. Great scriptures over here. 1 Corinthians. Had Paul talking here in chapter 2, says, you know, my speech and my preaching was not, was not with, with pervasive or persuasive words of human wisdom, but in demonstration of spirit and of power, that your faith should not be in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. Thank God for what people have got to say, but it's not greater than what God's got to say. Well, that was weak. He said, thank God for what people, thank God for good counsel you get, but I tell you what, God's counsel is even better. Amen. He said, however, we speak wisdom amongst those who mature, not the wisdom of this age, nor the rulers of this age who are coming to nothing, but we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery, the hidden wisdom which God ordained before the ages. What? For our glory. Sure, there's wisdom we can have that we can walk in for our glory. We don't really talk about that a whole lot, the subject of our glory. 
But there's wisdom that's there for our glory, our, our uh, glorification, not above him, but as sons and daughters of God. Verse 9, eye has not seen, nor ear heard, nor has entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those who love him. But God has revealed them to us through his spirit. For the spirit searches all things, yes, the deep things of God. There is a wisdom that you can have. There is wisdom that's available to you. Thank God for the Holy Ghost. There are things he has prepared for us. It's the wisdom of God that will get us to them. He leads us, guides us, and directs us. Amen. He, he leads us into these things. We have wisdom. Never say, I don't know what to do. Never say, I don't know what to do. Never let those things come out of your mouth. Let, the word, let your word of faith be, I always know. Well, I've got the greater one on the inside. There are things God has for me, and by his spirit, he's directing me to them. He's leading me to those things. Praise God. Thank God we have the wisdom of God. So many scriptures we could read on that. So many scriptures we could look at. Go over to John chapter 16. Thank God for the Holy Ghost. The 13th verse. However, however, when he, the spirit of truth has come, he will guide you into all truth. For he will not speak of his own authority, but whatever he, he hears, he will speak, and he will tell you things to come. He will glorify me for him to take of what is mine and declare it to you. All things that the Father has are mine. Therefore, I say to you, he will take of mine and declare it to you. Thank God we've got wisdom. Amen. Thank God we've got wisdom. Spiritual wisdom, we've got natural wisdom. Hallelujah. Confess that over yourself. It ought to be something we're saying on a repeated basis. Amen. Go over Psalms, 103rd chapter. Psalms 103. Hallelujah. I love these verses. I want to encourage you. Get these things out. Write them down. Begin to confess them. Continue to confess them over yourself. Psalms 103, verse 1. Bless the Lord, O my soul. And all that was was in me, bless his holy name. We used to say this every day at the beginning of class with Brother Moore. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that's within me, bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. Who forgives all your iniquity, who heals all your diseases. Any, Any other healthy people in here this morning? Or this evening, yeah, he heals our, all our diseases, who redeems your life from destruction, who crowns you with loving kindness and tender mercies, who satisfies your mouth with good things so that your new youth is renewed like the eagles. I'm always, I always remind of, of, he, of Isaiah 53, surely he has carried my sickness, right? He, he's borne my sicknesses and carried my pains. What are we doing? I'm confessing God's word over me. And I, and I tell you, the, as the older I get, the more I realize, listen, this needs to be in my mouth all the time. Right? This needs to be in my mouth. Confessing health and healing over my body day in and day out. Right? He renews my strength like the eagles. He heals all my diseases. Praise God. It's something we, we, don't, just gotta, we don't just have to settle for things. We can live above those things. And it starts with this right here. Mental health, First Tim, or Second Timothy chapter 1. This is something that to me has, is, is a bit of an oddity to me. It seems like in recent years there's all these people talking about their anxiety and their mental health issues. And, and of course, you know, part of that is people are wanting to identify things and, 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 and uh, uh, 
there's been a lot of awareness in these areas, but you know, we ought not be people who talk about my anxiety. I said, we ought not be people who talk about my anxiety. We don't talk what we see. We talk what we want, right? If, if, if you get into the habit of just falling into what everybody says, how people talk, you'll start having problems with anxiety. You start having problems with, with these mental things. You'll start having problems in these areas. It ain't my anxiety, right? I don't have these issues. It says here in Second uh, Timothy chapter 1, verse 7, For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and what? A sound mind. A sound mind. Listen, as I get older, I'm not having senior moments. Has anybody ever been tempted to make a joke about those things? I've been tempted. Why? Because that's what people do. I mean, we ought not do what people do. What do I do with sons and daughters do? If Moses lived all of his days, he wasn't weak, his mind was sharp, we can live out our days being sharp as well, right? I have the mind of Christ. I'm sharp mentally. You need to confess this over yourself. We're sharp. We'll always be sharp. We'll be annoyingly sharp. <laughs> we'll always know what to do. We'll, we'll always have the answer. Remember such and such a date? We'll be like my mama. Remember every detail, right? Now, we need to, we need to, have to confess to ourselves we have a sound mind. We're sharp mentally. Go over to Deuteronomy chapter 28. Deuteronomy, the 28th chapter. I know some of these things people say, yeah, it's good, Pastor Craig. We, people fall into this all the time. Fall prey to this, this trap all the time. Deuteronomy 28. In the eighth verse, it says, The Lord will command his blessing on you and your storehouses and in all that you set your hand to. He will bless you in the land which your Lord God is giving you. The twelfth verse, the Lord will open his good treasure, the heavens, to give the rain to your land in its season and to bless all the work of your hand. You shall lend to many nations you shall not borrow. This is something we confess over ourselves. God's always going to take care of me. He's, all, he's, got, he's got me. He blesses the things I put my hand to. Listen, there's a lot of uncertainty. Speak the word of God over your situation. Speak the word of God over your situation. He will bless. He will bless me in my storehouses and in all that I put my hands to. Go to Philippians, the fourth chapter. I know you know this verse. We're going to look at it. Philippians chapter 4. Let's read it together, the 19th verse. If you've got the New King James, let's read it together. My God shall supply all of your need. I make it personally, all of my need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. My God shall supply all of my need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. My God shall supply all all of my need according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. You want to live free from the world system? Have the word of God on your mouth. I don't know what to do. Never let those things say, I don't know what we're going to do, what's happening with this and what's happened with that, what's going on in this situation. Look, it didn't look good. No matter what it looks like, my God will supply all of my need according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. You know, we're called to live above these things and to be a light. We're called to be a light. How can we be a light if we live like everybody else? Now, there, you know, I don't understand people who've got a problem when it comes to prosperity and quoting these things over themselves. I don't understand it. 
I don't understand it at all. Now, if it leads to you being selfish, then that's a problem. But if you're doing it God's way, it's not going to do that to you. If we're, if we're called to be a light, we've got to look different. A light is something you're drawn to. A light is something that helps you see things that you can't see otherwise. Well, in, in a world where there's so many things financially that are uncertain right now, we need to be a light in this area. It starts by doing this right here. Well, the economy doesn't look good. No, no, no. It, it may not look good, but my God will supply all of my needs. When there's layoffs going on, my God will supply all, supply all of my needs. When Bitcoin starts to drop, my God shall supply all of my needs. Listen, our faith isn't in Bitcoin. Our faith is in the Lord Jesus. <laughs> We've had all these conversations about Bitcoin here lately in my house. Praise God. God's bigger than all of this stuff. Need to make sure we keep it on our mouth. Amen. Proverbs chapter 13. I used to confess this all the time. I'm going to pick it back up. Pastor Andrew talked about this scripture in the car the other day. I thought, That's a good one. I'd forgotten about this verse. I used to say this over myself all the time. Now, she had a different version of it. I forget what it was in the car, but Proverbs chapter 13, verse 22. It says, a good man leaves an inheritance to his children's children, but the wealth of the sinner is stored up for the just. I used to confess it all the time. The wealth of the sinner is stored up for me. And, you know, you let things slip sometimes. And I just kind of forgot. But I'm here to tell you tonight, the wealth of the sinner is laid up for the just. The wealth of the sinner is laid up for me. I'm a son of God. I don't know about you, but the wealth of the sinner is laid up for me. I don't know what you said the other day in the car. The wealth of the wicked. Wicked or sinners, right? It's laid up for me, right? These are things we need to confess over ourselves. I remember years ago we had a man not born again. Now, I don't know the details. I think he came by and gave the church $20,000, didn't he? He mailed it to us. And he called, wanted our address. Not, not a believer, not, not a born-again person, didn't, wasn't walking in the light of sowing and reaping, wasn't believing God for something. He was just driving by. And for, he, was, he was a Hare Krishna. And he just, for some reason, he just wanted to give us $20,000 to the church, to give the church $20,000. You know what my answer to that is? The wealth of the sinner is laid up for the just. Amen. We're to live in goodly houses that we didn't build. Now, that's not being selfish. That's being biblical. Well, I don't think that's right. Well, then you don't like God then because God said it. God said those things. Now, we, we, we want those things in order to be a blessing, but as sons and daughters of God, it's part of our inheritance. The wealth of the sinner is laid up for the just. Amen. For protection. I know Pastor read this over uh, 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 during the pandemic earlier on, Psalms 91. We won't read all of it, but we need to confess this over ourselves on a daily basis. Amen. He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High, amen, abides under the shadow of the Almighty. I tell you, we are safe in His arms. Praise God. The ability of God. Philippians 4.13. We were there in Philippians uh, a minute ago. Go back to Philippians, uh, the fourth chapter. Philippians chapter 4. I had this hanging on my wall in my room as a kid. Picture of a guy swinging a bat at a baseball. And I'd confess this over my baseball game, right? I can do all things through Christ who strengthened me. I went from one of the worst batting averages my last year playing. What? I was over 500, wasn't I? 
I had, a, I, don't know, I had a great batting average. I think I was highest on my team. Went from one of the worst, a pitcher. They can't hit the ball. I confess, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. You think, well, that's just silly. What do you want? I can do what? All things. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I know recently I had something I was trying to figure out on the computer, something that was just a little mind-boggling to me, and I was just saying, man, I just, I, I don't, I'm not getting this. And the Lord said, yeah, because you keep saying you're not getting it. So, oh, 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 okay, okay, let me take that back, right? I said, Lord, forgive me for what I just said. I can do all things through Christ Jesus. I can figure this out. I, I, I can do this. I can do this. I can do this. No matter what it is you're facing, speak, speak the ability of God over your life. Speak the ability of God over your life. I can, do the, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Then go over to Psalms, the fifth chapter. We'll wrap it up here. Psalms chapter 5. I was going to be short tonight, but I've been going for 45 minutes. That's hard to do for me, apparently. Psalms chapter 5. I thought, oh, I, I can get through this and hit the basics, and we can be out in 30 minutes. I was wrong. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me, right? I can do all things. I can do all things. I'm still confessing it. Thank you, Deborah. Psalms, Psalms chapter 5. <laughs> In the 12th verse, it says, For you, O Lord, will bless the righteous. With favor, favor you shall surround him with a shield. We need to be confessing the favor of God over our lives. I remember Kate McVeigh would always say, you know, I, I have favor, everybody likes me. I remember what her exact words were. It's been a long time ago, but I have favor and everybody likes me. She would just say it. She would just say it. Just confess it. I tell it. the favor of God is promised to us, but you access it by speaking it over your, believing it and speaking it over yourself. I told the teenagers when we were in Ramah, I applied for a job with, with Citibank, one that I was not qualified for, one that other people were applying for who had degrees in finance that I did not have in that area. I didn't know anything about it, but I just said, you know, I need a job. And Lord, I, this is the one I want. There was somebody there I knew that was working there. And I said, you know, I, I, actually, no, they were leaving there. And I wanted his job. That's what it is. Vrindars was leaving there. And I wanted his job. So I just started confessing. I've got favor. I may not know all the details, but I'm a, I'm a quick learner. But I've got favor. I've got favor. I'm going to go into this interview, and I'm going to have favor with this guy. You know, I went in there, and he, I, he's talking to me about stuff. I had some things. I had no idea what he was talking about. He's asking me questions. I didn't know. I just smile and grin and answer what I could, you know, and yeah, yeah. Guess who got the job? I got the job over people who had degrees in that area, and I got, actually found out later I was getting paid than other people higher than those I was working with. He hired me at a higher wage than them. He later told me, said, I don't know, I just liked you. So when you came in, I was like, this guy has no idea what he's talking about, but I just like him. And so he hired me, and I said, well, and he later, later told me, and ended up, did very well, because I was believing God to pick it up and get, and get good at it, you know? But I just was confessing God for favor in these things. The favor of God will take you places that you're not qualified for on your own. Amen. It'll take you to promotions that you wouldn't have gotten otherwise, other than just believing and confessing favor in your life. Well, I just, you know, just it seems to be other people always get the breaks. Well, you need to start talking breaks in your life. Don't say that. Quit saying you don't get the breaks. Start saying I get the breaks. Why? Because I, I, things go my way. Why? Because I have favor. I have the favor of God upon my life. I like Proverbs chapter 3. Let not mercy and truth forsake you. Bind them around your neck. Write them on the tablet of your heart. And so find favor and high esteem in the sight of God and man. Whew. 
I used to do this in school growing up. I always confess favor with my teachers. My teachers always loved me. Sometimes even, even Greg Anderson and maybe had a little bit bigger mouth. I was always getting in trouble for talking too much, if in case you can imagine that, right? Am I, the one problem I always had in school is he, Greg tends to talk too much in class. And so I, I did that a lot. But they always loved me. I confess favor. We can do that in every area of our life. You have a problem with a boss? Talk favor. You have a problem with a, with a neighbor? Talk favor. Talk favor. I have favor. They, people just like me. God, God's hand is upon me. I've got favor. Amen? Well, these are some areas we can be talking favor, talking, uh, uh, confessing God's word, putting our words out there, amen, things that are proper and right to say. Well, let's all stand. Hallelujah. Confess what you want. Confess what the word says. Confess what you want. It'll come your way, amen. At Impact Family Church, it is our desire to see you blessed through the power of the Word of God. We have been helping people to change their world for over 25 years through our dynamic ministries and teaching. If you are going to be in the North Central Florida area and are interested in attending our services or just want more information about us, you can visit us online at www.impactfamilychurch.com.